This episode is sponsored by Busy Beaver Button Company, your source for custom buttons, magnets, and bottle openers. Customize now at busybeaver.net. Hello and welcome to Well's Done, the internet's finest outlet for cooking advice and tutorials. I am Morrison Wells. And I am Orson Wells. And like the finest internet podcasts, we're fermented in the bottle so that you know that we're legit. Today on Well's Done, we're talking about Chateaubriand, Chateau 1973. Chateaubriand, 1973. It was 1973. And hamburgers. Last time that I made it, and I had hamburgers ahead of time because I knew it would be a disaster. The hamburgers had a nice blend of spinach and gorgonzola cheese. I know what you're thinking. Why? The man is out to make Chateaubriand. Why, Why hamstring yourself with, with the doubt, doubt of failure? Of failure. Why even have the, the, trapeze the trapeze artist's underpinning net of hamburgers with gorgonzola? We'll tell you why. The answer is simple. Simple. If you have never worked under the heat, heat. of the lamps of the public, public attention, you attention. can't understand the need to uh, protect yourself from the brioche bun. The gorgonzola. Gorgonzola. Made me gassy. What I would have given for it to be burps. A bit of change of underpants. <laughs> that day when I was meeting Rita Hayworth. My humiliation was complete. No amount of vegetables or popsicles could have foretold the the end of an era of working at a fast food diner called the Salt and Pepper. It was a different time when everyone could hide their various foibles, predilections, and addictions with simple confections of ice. Red dye number five. Gave, it, it gave Red. your brother leukemia. I'm not afraid to say it anymore. He tried to hide it, and I don't understand why he tried to hide it for so long. He was bald. Did he also had liver failure, pleurisy, etc., 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 lupus. lupus. It was lupus. called back to the king and I. But this episode is especially special for we are cooking on the grill. Much like the finest German cooks with the bratwurst fermented in the best Munich beer. It's not the first time I worked with Nazis to achieve the finest outcome of my artistic endeavors. But this will be the first time that what I have done is contractually obligated to give praise and glory to the Reich. I'm not a fan of it, but this is what art is. It is compromise. Compromise. Sometimes I go home after I've had my two chickens to eat. 
and I sit in my easy chair. Just think about tell me, what dear, could have been. Dear brother, what are you thinking? I'm thinking it's, it's probably time to have someone cook these burgers for us and start the episode properly. My brother, once again, as I have often pointed out, you've made an ignorant assumption, assumption. that the burgers are the purpose of this program. When in Chateau fact, Brion, 1978, is the true purpose. If you aim for mediocrity, I assure you, dear brother, you shall hit your mark. There's too much directing going on around here. If, if they wanted someone who could work with difficult actors, they could have hired me. I know how to work with difficult I actors. I, too, have had my fair share of difficulties with the machine. Wait, wait, what? No. Uh, we're not done recording our show. Who wrote this? This is the first episode of Chateau Brion 1978. This is not how I would have done it. No. Uh, I, too, am a director, Mr. Havelstaff. You cannot call cuts until my brother and I have completed a parting upon the audience and the excellence and majesty of, of our art. I'm finished. I believe I'm hungry. I'm actually about to vomit myself. Because cooking sherry is not an aperitif. Thank you for joining us for Well Done. That will conclude our episode. Your burgers are quite amazing. If you would like to also know our recipe for Chateau Beyond 1978. And hamburger. You shall have to ask a restaurant. Believe me, it sounds defeatist, but it'll save you time. Mm. Until next time I'm Orson Welles And I'm Orson Welles This has been Welles Welles Done done. I said it first I'm Mm. the better Welles (laughs) Alright well well, That's what you, you get. Yeah, you wanted drunk f***ers, you got drunk f***ers. Both of us. F***ers that are drunk. That's that's three swears in under yeah. ten seconds. So last week, again, couldn't be drunk. This week, mega drunk. Mission accomplished. Mega drunk. Hey, everybody, I'm David Flora. I'm David Stecco. Welcome to Blurry Photos. Welcome to Photos. Mm-hmm. Is that what you like? Is that what you wanted to hear? Look, uh... I I'll let's say this let's say this up front. If you're if you're coming to this podcast to to learn something about Carl Jung, number one, uh, s- stick around. You will. Number two, drunk spoilers. The, we made a promise to our fans uh, that we were going to do a drunk episode because that's how we start out our seasons. Well, we couldn't last week. Why we not? are doing it this Why week. Why not? It's my fault. I got sick. Uh, oh. So, if you're new to the show. This is not the normal format. We're nude, drunk. If you're nude to this show. If you're nude to this show, we're drunk. Everything that we had all stockpiled for St. Patrick's Day, we still have to drink. So, bottle of Jameson, some Guinness, some Guinness. and then pussy beer for me. Dave brought Shinerbach. I've been enjoying it, too. I love Shinerbach. It's all right. We're still great. We're drinking everything tonight. Yeah. I feel okay so far. That's no, you're dangerous. Not. You're not even close to okay. What? No, I feel okay. Oh, well, let's go rob a bank then or take a cop's gun. All right. Tough guy. Don't no <laughs> f-ing try me, bro. <laughs> bro. 
<laughs> what are you, a salmon? Sw- <laughs> swimming upstream? Well, I'm just trying to get f***ing fertilized, bruh. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that, nature. That metaphor went, went all, you did all the way down the, the so, wrong So, the way. moral of the story <laughs> is, are we sober? Not even close. Nope. We've uh, been drinking for a long time. Are you here, uh, are you here to, to learn about Carl Jung? Yes, you are. <laughs> we're sorry? Question mark. We're not sorry. But we're not. I apologize um, for nothing. So, we're going to give you some information about Carl Jung. This episode yeah. is about Carl Jung. And if you're not familiar with Carl that, then let's Jung. just let's just let's just let's just fill in the outline. Carl Jung was a psychologist slash chi 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 chi. Well, that's well, that's a meltdown. Well, psychiatrist in the early 20th century, late least, 19th century. At least you got that fine naval buttocks. <laughs> so tight. You can always fall back on the head. Shut up, Reagan. Well. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. He was a contemporary hey. and frenemy of Sigmund Freud. Oh, my God. Well, let's talk about what no, we're going to talk listen, about no, first. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just, this is broad you, strokes you, outline shit. Yeah, you're. Yeah, because if you don't know if you don't know anything about Carl Jung, you have to know this right up front. Okay. Well, they they want to know it. what we're gonna tell I'm not them going about. Any further, I'm not going to talk about when he robbed a bank. I don't care. They, they, they ever. I will they, never talk about that. They want to know. Made me promise. Mm, let's let's tell them what we're going to tell tell them about Carl. I Jung. just did. No, you told you started in on ta- Carl Jung. They don't even know what we're going to talk about <laughs> in terms of Carl Jung. This is There's too much direction going this on. This is why here. we can't be drunk. There's too we much direction drunk. going here. We're going to talk about Carl Jung uh, with a be- brief biography of him. Also a beaver biography. Shut up. We're going to uh, explore his theories in the field of psychology. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to discuss his impact on psychology and spirituality. What about and, psychiatry? Uh, esoteric science. What about psychiatry? Psychiatry, I'm not going to touch on too much. You why can not? if you want to. Why not? Because I feel like... Uh, psychology was was morally impacted. More, more it, m- wait, did I've you already, just I've, did I've you just create down. a word out of more, mm-hmm. or were you saying morally, nope. like as though the the there morals was no way in it. of psychiatry were impacted? Which I, was it? I created a word. <laughs> it was morally impacted. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Flora, okay. Right off the bat, then. Wait a minute. Sorry to paint you into a corner. Dave, what's the difference between psychiatry and psychology? Psychiatry is the study of mental disorders. Psychology is is studying the the brain, the how people think uh, on, on the whole. Psychiatry deals with, with mental disorders. Which one's a medical doctor? Psychiatry. <clears throat> no. Is it not? I have no idea. Well, don't at me. <laughs> don't at me if you don't know. You can't be I'm just putting you on of, this of this question. I've got drinks. <laughs> I looked it up, you f***. Uh, psychiatry. Oh, total. <laughs> all about mental disorders. Psychology is the, 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 the umbrella that it falls under. That's, that's how I took it. Oh, well, you did better research than I. I just never bothered with it. Look. What? Well, I'm, looking, I'm, I'm just I'm saying we, we've got to we've got to get on the horse because this is what I've written. Oh Jesus! You know what? Three, Listen, five, years, five pages. Here's the thing that and that and everyone that, and that, okay, and that. everyone who's listening right now, you got to know, like it's a lot of work to build a podcast from nothing, and 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 it is it is more your work than ours that's made it a success. I believe that. Like you guys have, you're talking to them or yes, me? Yes, them. Yeah. 
Like we just do, well, we, we, we would, just do a thing that we like to do because we like to do it. And then you guys making it into something more and, and truth be, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the moral of the story is this, like it's, we're gaining a fair amount of traction on this and, and we're doing better and better. And, and that is, that is entirely thanks to you, which I'm, I'm grateful for mm-hmm. there, there, there exists a point on the horizon where Flora and I get to do this as our jobs. This is the thing that we do that, that, and that means we get to do more episodes, like multiple episodes per week, like that, whatever that's way off in the future. So our, our part of that equation is that we got to do this properly. And yes, were we planning on doing this episode drunk? No, we weren't. No, we were going to do druids. Yeah. But, but society and fate threw us a curveball. So now we're drunk. Now it's Carl young. Uh, I don't know how that ties into us. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> True. Truth. <laughs> I, well, I'll tell you what. The moral of the story is, in like a few years, we, we get to do more episodes, and it's because of you. I, I don't know. I had a point when I started, and and by the way, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, that's it. Puns. <laughs> Carl Young's a big episode. Carl so Young big. is a big subject. Um we're recording this just a few days after we actually recorded Druids. Yep. It's been a quick turnaround time. Forgive us, but this is going to be more of a crash course in Young. Oh, yeah. It's going to yeah, be a forgive us crash because Usually we get into every minute detail of the subject at hand, but this time we're going to pretty much like greatest hits it. It's, I mean, it's true, though. And, and sorry for not going into huge detail, but we're going to give you what we were able to give you. I'm not sorry at all. Shh. You guys don't want all the details of his life. Oh, oh, what did Carl Young have for breakfast on April 23rd, Somebody 1917? Wants to know that. Yeah, well, that guy can f right off. <gasps> that hmm. guy's gray cat. <laughs> and Why would you do that? And that's the day we lost Don Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Our historical sticklers all Chris- just walked out the door. <laughs> gray cat isn't Don Luke. No, I'm just saying as an example. As an example. Yeah. Okay. Let's Jesus. talk about Carl Jung then. All right. When was he born, Flora? He was born in 1875. He died in 1961. Uh, lived, it's, that's a pretty solid life. But um, It's the best life. He died before hippies. It's all anyone can hope for. <laughs> uh, he was a Swiss-born psychiatrist. Never mind. He He lived with hippies. Whose pioneering work in psychological understanding led to some hugely influential and, compel- and compelling concepts, many of which and Coca-Cola? T- touch on the realms we traverse in this podcast. What realms are those? All of them. In sobriety? Puns? Especially in sobriety. No Dick joke. jokes. He was the only surviving child of his parents, Paul and Emily. Fourth child. He was the only one that survived. Paul. Survived what? Th- uh, life. Just life. Okay. Uh, Paul was a poor pastor, and Emily was a melancholy weirdo from a wealthy family. (laughs) Today's story is the poor pastor, and Paul the poor pastor and his melancholy weirdo. (laughs) Weirdo wife. Uh, She claimed uh, spirits visited her at night, and Jung even claimed to see... A luminous and transparent figure with a detached floating head on the reg coming coming from her 
room once on the REG. I just yeah. want to, because it's not what I heard at first. Gross. <laughs> um, when he was four, his family moved to a town closer to Emily's family, which apparently caused her to be less depressed and, and or weird. He recalled as a child carving a mannequin into the end of a ruler and putting Freaky. it putting it and a stone he painted into two halves uh, painted two halves of it into a pencil case and hiding them in the attic he'd then go to them sometimes with little papers inscribed with messages in his own secret language which apparently brought him inner peace yeah, let that let, let, let's just let's just call this as it is. That's the first of a great many weird things this guy was into. Well, sure. He was also knocked unconscious by another kid at school once, causing him to faint at the thought of school. Yeah, so this this kid shoved him so very powerfully. He was shoved beyond all time and space, beyond the ability of a man drinking a fine cup of old grey tea to comprehend such was the psychological impact of this moment that henceforth our friend young Carl Young was not able to retain consciousness when the thought of homework or attending school ever entered his mind. It was the very basis of the idea of uh, psychosis and neurosis. Either of these things, it was quite embarrassing for his parents. After six months of no schooling, and hearing his father's worries, his father would talk about uh, Carl not being able to support himself uh, because he was uh, weird with his fainting and stuff. Yeah. So, so what happened is Carl's dad was was obviously very worried that his son couldn't do any work without passing the f- out. So Carl overhears this and was like, "Oh, sh- maybe I should uh, straighten up and fly right." Yeah. He focused on overcoming the condition, and he did. And he later realized it was an encounter with neuroses. Yep. Not psychoses. Neurosis. He went on to study medicine, but had a deep interest in spiritual phenomena as well. And after reading a textbook on psychiatry, he decided he had found the perfect blend of his interests and attended the uh, University of Basel in 1895. This is in... Switzerland. Yep. He published his dissertation in 1903 and married longtime associate Emma Rauschenbach, and the two remained married until her death in 1955, though... Which isn't to say that mm. Carl didn't have a few itches to scratch, and let's be honest, uh, his wife apparently didn't have the mystical genital back scratcher to get that taken care of. <laughs> Not a word of it a lie. Uh, had a lot of romantic relationships with other women throughout the marriage. Um, yeah. Well. So he was a cheating dog. In 1906, he sent a copy of his book, Studies. Penthouse Magazine. And they published it. Dear and, and Penthouse. He got real horny. I wouldn't normally write right. a psychological right. essay in this fashion, but something happened when I was traveling in France that I just had to tell someone. I about. was giving a lecture in Paris. I got locked out of my hotel room. Suddenly there were these three whores. 
And... Well, I didn't know they were whores at the time. I thought that they were also students, much like they, myself, interested in learning the interesting arts of sexual depravity. Uh, he sent a copy of his book, Studies <laughs> in Word Association, to Zygmunt Freud, and the two met in 1907 and became friends. Sex friends? No, just friends. Checking. Just the checking. two influenced each other and learned from each other. Wait, from I, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to lose momentum here. But could you could you confirm that again? Just friends. Just friends. Because the thing, it's like it was like oh, this seems a little. <laughs> and then, what was the other thing you said that made me think what? Mm, maybe he was lying. What? The two met in 1907 and became friends. The two influenced each other and okay, learned from it. each other. That was it. It was just the part when you said they influenced each other. It's a phrase no one uses. And I thought that maybe it was like whitewashing uh, a romantic relationship. Flora? Yes, no? No. Maybe so? No. Y- Young was a ladies' man. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. Uh, eventually, Jung grew apart from Freud as he began to reject Freud's views on sex as the sole motivator of behavior. Well, that sucks because he's not invited to f***ing Freud's totally not an adjective swinging sex parties. The swinging replies to penises. Freud had viewed Jung as his protege, but Jung eventually separated himself from Freudian theory and began a period of intense self-analysis. Oh, yeah, this is the, yeah. Yeah, we'll come back to that in just a second. We really will. He became increasingly interested in dreams and symbols and the unconscious mind. Mind games. In 1913, they met for the last time, and later he traveled to London to speak, but his tour was interrupted by a little thing called World War One. It was quite a spot to bother with most of the trains and buses. I was forced to sit in a station and cucumber sandwiches for an inordinately amount of time. Some would even say so long as a fort died, although history doesn't back that claim. He was drafted into service as an army doctor and made commandant of an internment camp for British soldiers. He then gave up his medical career and broke from psychodynamic theories and Freud altogether, causing many colleagues of his to turn against him. And in almost complete solitude, he devoted himself to study of his own unconscious mind. Quick, quick, quick yeah, pause. Uh, side, sidebar, your honor. My sidebar might be different from yours. With the uh, the quick turnaround time, I'd like to apologize for the majority of the information coming from Wikipedia. I know that that uh, really pisses some folks off. Yeah. Mm, sorry. Sorry about it. Scientologists. But... Uh, <laughs> a lot of our stuff came... Came from a lot of my stuff anyway. Came from Wikipedia, and I, I apologize for that. Why? I don't know. I, it just pisses some people off. No, it's just, it's just that people find a thing that they recognize, and so they have to say, "Oh, hey, I recognized it," and by that, I am therefore superior. You're not superior. You know why? We did it first. Now, if we got an email a week ago with a Wikipedia entry for Carl Young, 
slow, obnoxious clap for you. But you don't even get that at this point. So go ahead. Try to fucking fuck with our Wikipedia shit. Flora, <laughs> everything you do is art, and I love you, and I support you, man. And I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. Uh, thank you. Oh, did you wonder if this episode was drunk or not? <laughs> <laughs> Fixed normally, it. Normally, Dave would never fight for me, but he's drunk. Yeah, so you're lucky I'm drunk all the time. <laughs> he called this period uh, a confrontation and claimed to see and hear voices. And here's a fun part. He induced hallucinations. Now, and this is a really interesting part of this because the two parts of this is one, the obviously the induction of hallucinations very um, casually refers to drug use, although it never confirms it. Mm-hmm. But the, the other thing that's really interesting is that uh, in this, this, this time of his life, there are some people and I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but who say, no, what he had is a genuine psychotic break. Yeah. Like this guy snapped for a number of years and then sort of just kind of wrapped it in toilet paper and said, Hey, this is science. I'm a mummy and watch out for my curse. <laughs> and he wrote things down during this period too. A lot is, of things. Uh, and the journal that he wrote in came to be known as the red book. La Libra Rojo. Uh, after about six years, he came back with a vengeance and published. And, and, a, and a mechanized robot bodysuit. And he published psychological types in 1921 were both titles um uh, uh pluralized or was just psychological types because i felt like you said psychological types <laughs> like encyclopedias brown which is what they're called it was called <laughs> you in the goat ass <laughs> oh no my goat ass it's a good thing it's so far away from my real ass i'll barely even <laughs> lose property value <laughs> He traveled. Because I'm trying to refi. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm trying to refi before the Fed raises the interest rate. Thank you for saying refi. <laughs> so douchey. <laughs> <laughs> he traveled and lectured and studied in England, America, Africa, and India. Uh, he was still publishing books until his death in 1961, which apparently came from a brief illness. Gross. That's all I found. Didn't say what illness. Only perverts get brief illnesses. <laughs> I, I I get you. I, I get I get. If you disagree, blurryphotos.org. <laughs> the um, people wanted me to be drunk, and that's what they are getting. One of his last books was called Flying Saucers, A Modern Myth of Things Seen in the Skies. Really? That's yes. a tragic dismount to a long career. <laughs> he talked about um, some of his concepts and their like uh, archetypes and mythology. And all, and all. We'll get to that. Jung became increasingly interested in esoteric science and spirituality in his later life, including being drawn to alchemy, the I Ching, astrology, dreams, and mythology. Wow. With the exception of alchemy, that's just a list of really great episodes we've already that's done. That's right. He's our type of guy. So if you're um, a burgeoning alchemist slash lunatic, check out our podcast. We can really give you a lot of information on the ground floor. Nice. Nice. And, now that they're half an hour in. Yeah. And don't don't pick a fight with internationally recognized psychologists. That's a little bit of f***ing foreshadowing. 
How about we go into his theories a little bit? How about we do, you tough guy? You want to fight me? I'm a tough guy. You're so tough. Uh, unless you have anything else about his life. Oh, I do, but I don't think anyone's ready for it yet. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to take the hipster approach. Let's just pretend I didn't know that, and we'll just go on. So, again, uh, crash course. This isn't all-encompassing. We're going to touch on the major stuff. Is it a crash course or a dumpster fire lecture? Dumpster fire lecture. Thank you. Okay. Uh, We're going to touch on the collective unconscious, dream interpretation, archetypes, mandalas, alchemy, the I Ching, and synchronicity. Are you referring to the police album? No. Damn it. Sorry, bro. I really thought that we were going to get to like stitch it all together and figure out what 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 new creature is crawling out from a dark span uh, Irish lock, Scottish lock, synchronicity too. Many miles away on a dark Scottish lock. Mm. Mm. I'm drunk. Okay. Uh, oh, but you're not. Oh, but Flora isn't. Flora is has caught up quite a bit with you. Yeah, you're not here. I'm not there. Everyone though. knows by your cogents. You know why? Uh, I've trained my liver. The whole week before I got sick, mm-hmm. I was I was doing this every night. Oh, that's fine. Then you then you, congratulations, okay. Flora. You've won a trip around the world. Your first stop is in beautiful Bhutan. Oh, what kind of passports you have? A Bhutanese passport. <laughs> Listen, I'm I know that Wikipedia is pretty smart on the ball and they edit things quickly, but if you have the opportunity to on Wikipedia look for Bhutanese passport, look at it and click the read option where someone can read the entry to you. We it's tried it, but it delicious. apparently has been taken down. So what you should just do is bypass all that and go to YouTube. YouTube Bhutanese Passport. That's B-H-U-T-A-N-E-S-E. And enjoy yourself because it's crazy and weird. And it also sounds like it's Greedo from Star Wars. Um, let's see. Where should we start in here? Let's start with dream interpretation. What? Let's start with dream interpretation. I don't know, man. Let's start with dream interpretation. You got it. Uh, While Freud interpreted dreams on the object level, which is to say um, relationships between the dreamer and things in the dreamer's life. Just dicks and holsters. (laughs) um, Jung introduced the subject level. That is the symbolic representation of internal psychological life or internal psychological transformations oh man we're, we're starting to get to that point where what we say yes. is a way ahead of what we're yeah able yeah. to comprehend yeah talk 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 about his cowboy boots <laughs> you got some cowboy boots cucumber sandwiches let me let me see if i can i can rehash this a little i can't um <laughs> failed moving on Okay, here's here's an easier way. Freud's approach is retrospective, that is uh, um, past events in in terms of dreaming, and then Jung's approach is prospective, which are hinting at how to achieve balance between the ego and the self. It's it's kind of a, a roadmap to tell right. you how to do things. It's saying this is where you are now. 
this is where you could be if you stay on the path. Freud, almost the polar opposite. He just, you know, this is kind of where you are now, but it's not really where you are now. It's where all your experiences have, have kind led, of led you, you to. Yeah. But these, this is where those those experiences project to. But that's not really not what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, Jung said that one should uh, interpret dreams by Freud's method first, and only exceptional cases demand use of Jung's uh, interpretation method. So he's sort of like uh, brain SWAT team. He's what? Brain SWAT team. Brain SWAT team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did I say that like I was ordering off an Indian th- menu? Yes, you did. Oh. <laughs> she said brain SWAT team. Brain SWAT team. That's uh, what with I a want. side of garlic brain naan, please. SWAT team. Make sure you get a lot of garlic on the naan. Law enforcement individuals with exceptional training. Yeah, you heard it. Individuals. We all did. Well, you know um, what? This is what we promised, and we deliver. I got to be honest. The whole time I'm doing this, I am fighting the urge just to curl up in a ball and take a nap, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah. We're kind of swapping positions this year from last year. Well, lottie freaking dumb. I'm good to go. Let's oh, talk are about- you, bro? Right. GTG? Oh, well, let's geez. just fix it. Why don't you do another shot? No. Nah. I've got more beer. Noi? Noi. Noi? Hold on. It makes no sound. It's because we've almost drunk it all. Drunk it all. In terms of of the psyche, just the human psyche itself, Jung said it exists in three parts. The ego, which is the conscious mind, and then the personal unconscious and the collective unconscious whoa whoa where's the id where's the super ego not in there dude oh, not in there hey let's go on and talk about the collective unconscious shall yeah. we yeah you owe 12 cents a month what? as a no. human if you if you have your own bedroom that's 24 cents i'm sorry it just doubles i don't know how to tell you but it's just the way it works the Collective unconscious, it's the, I. well, okay, the idea of unconscious is split in twain. Twain! There's the personal unconscious and there's the collective unconscious. The personal unconscious is everything that has occurred in a period of personal existence. This can include uh, uh, repressed memories, repression, and, and forgotten things, things you forget. The collective unconscious is the shared layer expressed in all life with a uh, nervous system. It's the shared layer of unconscious thought that's expressed in everything um, that has a nervous system. I just said that twice. (laughs) Uh, Here's another way to think of it. The personal unconscious is unique to the individual. And the collective unconscious takes those experiences and organizes them in a similar way with each individual in a species. Highly developed elements of the collective unconscious he called archetypes, which he developed from studying different cultures and folklore and mythologies. And this is important for a number of reasons. First of all, um, he was the, he was the, the progenitor of the, the term archetype, but 
and just to point this out, and this is something we, we kind of came into in a previous episode uh, with Cthulhu, how important some of these concepts are to everything that you see today. Archetypes. And, and everyone's very so comfortable with that right now, but he was the one who really forwarded this idea. Yeah. That there he didn't is, come up with the actual term archetype, no. but he did uh, uh, really throw it into the forefront. Yeah, and the, the idea that a person could be, I don't know, for lack of a better word, the, the, the avatar of a concept, of an ideal, and that person's working to forward that all the time, which you know, which which you can boil down to your interactions with other people, but his 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 insight to say, no, this is this is a concept of a person, of this this hyper self-driven machine that does a thing. I mean, that's that's not only is that em- empowering on a, an indiv- uh, on an individual level, mm-hmm. but in in the concept of, of 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 a psychological field of study is is extraordinary. Yeah, and archetypes are are patterns or images which are inborn tendencies which shape the human behavior. Um, an archetype is empty, purely formal. Nothing else but a pre-shaping possibility or innate tendency of shaping things. Man, I, that's that sounds probably about as as good as it does to us right now. Right, but no, but 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 it does make an amount of sense in that there's this 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 template, as it were, that kind of lets in its environment, and there's something mm, sort of Darwin Darwinian to mm-hmm. that. Darwin, um, Darwin, which is in October, <laughs> we're going to be <laughs> celebrating it. Um, to say, I recognize this pattern in my surroundings, in in society, in behavior, however you want to cut it. To say, I will then adopt a psychological strategy that exploits that, and not not in a negative way, but just saying that benefits from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like instinct they cannot be recognized as such until they manifest in intention or action a little catch 22 for them. <laughs> here's some examples hipsters uh, archetypal events Hippies. the hippa act i hate insurance Ar- archetypal events include birth death leaving parents initiation ma- and marriage you know, and the, and those those things, and I don't know, like there are certain categories that I do not know about yet. But here's a here's a great example. So, like my father died, my God, nine years ago. Okay, there's this this very weird thing that people do to kind of build a camaraderie around that, and and to to our listeners who have lost a parent, like it is miserable. It's a horrible experience, but it is the human condition. You know that is that is the way it goes. And if you even asked our parents their wishes that it'd be them before us. So, so be it mm-hmm. moving on. But there's this, there's this component to people who say, Oh, welcome to the club that, that have to assign a value to, to that experience. And that experience is uh, that value to that is well, I've already been there. So I'll show you what it's like. Mm-hmm. As though, as though there's any way to show someone what's it like. It's it's a way of taking ownership over a thing that can't be owned, and 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 as a psychological uh, process, 
there is a certain amount of people who do that kind of thing. And that, and that plays itself out in a number of, of weird ways. And, and from in, in the whole spectrum, from absolutely benign to horrifying me, horrifyingly malignant, you know, and, 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 and mildly irritating lives on that spectrum. Yeah. I, I think it could be argued. Um, I mean, we, we could, you know, uh, take a, a tangent to argue about that particular example being then someone... so we shall dave and dave all right argument all right all right all right, all right all right all right wait what we're not gonna oh settle down settle down <laughs> i do want a dave and dave fight corner sound i bet you do oh i guess i'm not getting it <laughs> you could you could take that example and and argue that a person who acts that way you know is needs to feel in control or needs to feel i mean there's yeah there's a whole psycho and analysis so you could do with that and you right. would be and there is and it. we've done it and we shall announce the results <laughs> uh moving we, forward we myers brings the f- out of ourselves well that's true moving forward archetypal figures there's there's three different things there's events figures and motifs that i, I wrote down uh archetypal figures are such things as the great mother the father, the child, God, devil, wise man or wise devil woman, baby. the devil baby, uh, <laughs> hero and trickster. Uh, and then you've got which, the- Which counts as the devil baby. And then you've got the ar- archetypal motifs, which include the great flood, creation, and apocalypse. All of which we have described at length in eschatology and other areas, belief systems. That's very true. But all these things, Jung is saying that uh, they appear in cultures and mythologies of everyone around the world. So there must be some interconnectivity in them, something underlying uh, our, our consciousness. Mm-hmm that makes these things come to the forefront in culture. And and I'm just making this up off the top of my head. I haven't ever thought of this phrase, but some sort of collective unconscious. Oh, you haven't heard of that? Oh, I thought I invented it. Oh, that's so disappointing. Uh, You should be disappointed. (laughs) Uh, The self, the capital S self, expresses unity of personality as a whole. Uh, The shadow represents personal unconscious as a whole. And balances conscious values. Think of it as your dark side. Oh, I do. You do. I most certainly do. Like Skittles. Why? Why? Um, and then then Jung came up with the anima slash animus. The anima is the uh, male primordial image of women, and uh, the feminine possibilities and contrasexual tendencies. All right. Well, let me ask you this then. What well, if, animus is that is the same thing in females. So what if ahead. I saw these sort of holes in a wall and decided to never tell you when I was down there, so long as I had food and water, I'd just proceed to systematically bang these holes until I sate the Titanic legitimately. What? What if you saw holes, banged them until you saved <laughs> the Titanic? Is that what you just said? <laughs> Okay. I was talking with my eyes shut. I literally almost just passed out. What? I don't know what I just did. Now I'm now I'm kind of alarmed. I was um, just talking and like 80% passed out. What? Wait. 
Okay. All right. So, uh, editorial note, we just took a quick break. <laughs> I sort of like, I don't know, what, what do you call that? Like the consciousness running roadblock? I just sort of passed out but was still talking. And I said something about the Titanic. Yeah, you, you were going to save the Titanic. By banging it? Banging holes. I don't, that is amazing to me and weird and mortifying, but I was listening to you. But while listening, I kind of, my eyes kind of closed. That's what happens when you're super drunk. <laughs> and I was going to, wait, wait. <laughs> save the Titanic? You were, you were really, yeah, you, you really wanted to make a point, and that was right. your point. So. Yeah. Okay. So here's my, here's my question. Did I just prove Young's point or disprove it? Because I was in some very weird mental state and just describing something and clearly i decided to bang what was already an established phallic symbol <laughs> I, no no you you didn't want to bang the ten, titanic you there were holes involved somehow wow well, well i gotta tell you as, listeners as you hear this so am i <laughs> i will wow i don't know it's a it, well, that's to, a weird feeling. Here to review, <laughs> yeah. The roll the uh, roll the, the uh, record back. The anima is the male primordial image of w- women, um, and the feminine possibilities and contrasexual tendencies deep within the male. So I'm psyche. a woman who wants to bang a boat, right? Um, contrasexual. If- if you um, if you want to take it that way, the animus I don't is want the same to. thing in in the female psyche. Oh, oh okay then. Um, I'm just a dude who wants to bang a boat. That's way easier to deal with. I, I, again, when you hear this, it's not the boat you want to bang. It's the boat you want to save. The holes you want to bang. I mean, God, what a weird thing. I'm I'm kind of mortified, and I like. If leave it in, leave it in. Yeah, that's yeah. that's honesty in podcastery. <laughs> moving moving forward. Um, that's why you don't let us get drunk every episode. We just get a couple of beers and just stop there. Yeah, yeah. This is. Uh, I did drink way more than you. I'd, way more. Way, how, way more. How much is way more? Like three beers. Not three. Maybe Not two. Three beers. Maybe two. Maybe two beers more. But I had you shot for shot. And I've caught up a lot in the beer category. Well, one of those shots was a double shot, but you didn't see it. I made that up. Du- I made that All up. All right. Listen, it was a lie. This is about Carl Jung. It's not about us drinking. Um, eh, it's sort of both. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Oh. These, <laughs> these concepts that, that Jung um, brought up uh, are based on similar ideas from Plato and Kant and Schopenhauer. It's a form of a priori psychic orderedness. Uh huh. Here, let's see. It's it's uh, how to organize your the 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 innate uh, tendencies of the mind before you're even born. Yeah, that seems squidgy. I'm not into that. You're you're not into a lot of things. Shut up. Uh, you'll oh, believe uh, you're so proud of yourself. Well, I did my job. If you're sober, you f***ed up yours. I'm definitely not sober. 
but I'm uh, not at your level. Wait, no, let me try this again. Oh, you want to you want to roll uh, no, it back? No, 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 no. I'm David Flora now. <sighs> I'm definitely not sober, but <laughs> let's keep going with the podcast. We have a lot of interesting uh, psychological explorations to uh, endeavor to uh, to delve. Um, I mean, I'm by moan, by no means am I uh, sober. No, I've certainly had a, a fair amount of my own uh, favorite tipple tonight. Uh, Dave Stecco, on the other hand, uh, has actually shied himself no less than three times. The odor is overpowering, but, you know, we're just going to shoulder through. We're going to get this done because I am David Flora. F*** you. <laughs> Here's a little bit of insight. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We're back to it. Uh, Dave uh, put a put a water bottle in my crotch earlier. <laughs> I did. I dick punched him with a water bottle. <laughs> no for excuse for that, bro. No reason at all. Just oh, out of nowhere. False. Okay. okay. No reason at all, Flora. Do you remember why? Because I walked in the room. No. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the. You were talking shit. <laughs> Jung believed uh, that our main task is to discover and fulfill our deep innate potential. Now, see, at that point, I disagree. I thought our innate task was to destroy all monsters. Well, maybe no monsters in Jung's day. <laughs> no, it was like World War One. There's tons of monsters. I don't know. But you know what? No mecha monsters. And maybe that's the, uh, the linchpin of the whole thing. I don't know. Supiderman. I'm awake. This is what you yeah, get. Yeah. This yeah, is not even bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I like this Dave or Titanic Dave. <laughs> no one likes either. <laughs> no one likes either. But Titanic Dave has no one knows what he's saying. <laughs> um he <laughs> Young Young focused uh, some some of his uh, uh research on mandalas. Right, Tibetan mandalas, they're the, the really elaborate circular drawings, uh, usually done in uh, sand and then destroyed. The The transience and their intricacy and their transience is kind of what makes them so damn cool. They are they're geometrical uh, representations of the universe. And um, to Jung, these were graphical representations of the self. And Jung encouraged drawing these to organize inner energy in a better relationship with the ego. Yeah, also draw more mandalas for your ego. Carl Jung. He also delved into alchemy in his later years. And he said, quote, alchemy as a nature philosophy of great consideration in the Middle Ages throws a bridge to the past, the gnosis, and also the future, the modern psychology of the unconscious. Only by discovering alchemy have I clearly understood that the unconscious is a process and that ego's rapport with the unconscious and his contents initiate an evolution more precisely a real metamorphosis of the psyche. Dear God, was he? Yeah. Was that was that written for a grant application? I, it's one of those things where you're on board until you realize you're not on board anymore. Right. And here, here's my question to you. So, like, you know, the 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 use of the phrase alchemy because it's not like Carl was trying to make gold out of lead, right? But like the the idea that he's getting to that point. I mean. <sighs> Is he trying to make some very precise grand metaphor or 
is he just been in, involved in it so long he loses objectivity over what it is he studies? It's uh, it's it's hard to say because he worked on decrypting alchemical terms uh, and their relation to the psyche for over ten years. I it, it, this was an odd part of of the Carl Jung discovery, <laughs> right? And and see, here's here's my problem. I I know very little about the alchemically uh, alchemy portion because while well, I saw it when I was reading, it happened so right up on the cusp of the Red Book years. Mm-hmm. That that the red book just sort of dominates it, and and I did you know aside from like an initial like oh there was some interest in alchemically which led him to the thing that you're gonna read about until you die from it because it's the only thing we want to talk about with Carl Jung, period, circle R trademark. It, it, it's a little little strange, you know you know what what the trouble is he he wrote a ton of books, I don't think either of us have read a. A whole no, not Carl no, Jung book. Certainly not. He was very prolific, but and this is an interesting thing is that, my God, the fact that I can't even say interesting is is embarrassing. Moving on, the interesting thing is that a huge part of Carl Carl Jung's research really boils down to this thing uh, called the Red Book, which was published in two thousand nine. You know, a fair amount of time. What is that? Fifty. He died in 61, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, almost 50 years after his death, he died. But this book, it it was his collection of observations when he decided to go fully off the reservation and get as weird as he possibly could. And he wrote a very detailed set of notes that no one would ever publish. And it wasn't until his family needed to kind of raise some money for his foundation that they said, ah. All right, we'll publish this thing, which is known as uh, the Red Book. So, uh, what it comes down to when they finally, you know, agreed to re-release it, which was obviously very popular, is it's a, it's an accounting with some diversions of his time, where he decided just to get as weird as he could to induce. And it's very vague about this. I personally suspect drugs were involved, but he chose to induce hallucinations. Yeah, and 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 to to for lack of a better word, grapple with them. He had a rule that while he was having these visions and hallucinations, any character or person who entered was not allowed to leave until that person had explained why they were there, what their motivation was for arriving in the first place. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I guess you, I mean, if you, if you are a person who considers Carl Jung to be a genius of 20th century psychology and should is invalid, should be messed with, um, there, there's kind of a, you know, there, there, there's plenty of shrines to you. You can go find them. Then there's the, the other camps, I guess, for lack of a better word, let's say, you know, there's, there's Carl Jung, the, the guy who, who did a lot of research, who was ultimately wrong, whose ideas were somewhat off base or, or self-centered, or that he just went on a series of drug trips. Just, he just, he just had a psychotic break. There are people who describe it as a psychotic break in mm-hmm. his his observations from that time shouldn't be taken seriously or especially as a scientifically necessary data. Yeah, yeah. Um, although they are a very fascinating look into the mind of uh, one of the 20th century's greatest psychological pioneers. Right. Which brings us to his weird frenemation with Sigmund Freud. Ever heard of him? <laughs> 
they it, the whole thing started with with young writing letters which by which i mean uh, enclosing his essays his his thesis to sigmund freud to which sigmund was like you're the dude you get it finally somebody thank you let's form voltron they become close friends uh they exchange a huge amount of ideas they they both agree on on the nature of for example conscious unconscious and and freud even goes to far as as, as to describe him as the eldest son that 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 he always wanted that, that this is the this is his prodigy um freud had already you know made his name well known he was always very respected in his field and again as flora said this isn't a field that people really went into at Mm-mm. that time there was very new yeah there was there was it was very new there was also not a lot of interest and and god knows at, to this day here we are in the the, the new millennium the 21st century people are still coincidentally or, or conveniently calling bullshit on psychoanalysis on psychiatry in general yeah it, it wasn't a respected uh, uh field uh but thanks to these guys you know who who were like no there's something to this uh there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of good work that's that's been done truth there's a couple more um realms that he touched on or theories that he had that uh i'd like to get to oh uh, would you before, okay um, <laughs> one of which we've talked about before, the I Ching, and uh, Carl Jung himself said, quote, the Chinese mind, as I see it at work in the I Ching, seems to be exclusively preoccupied with the chance aspect of events. What we call coincidence seems to be the chief concern of this particular mind, and what we worship as causality passes almost unnoticed, end quote. To him... Uh, the hexagram worked out in a certain moment was the exponent of the moment in which it was cast. So you know how there's uh, the the hexagrams. You throw the the coins or, or, or the stick, the sticks, or whatever, and you ask the question, and and whatever hexagram comes up is the hexagram that was meant to come up in that moment. It was uh, it's it's the oracle that was you know. Everything right. lines up in you know in that moment in that time, and to Jung, psyche and matter are not separated, and that leads us to the idea of synchronicity, right? And not the police album. This is the occurrence of two or more events that appear to be meaningfully related, but not causally related. In right. other and words, the, they yeah. are meaningful coincidences. I was just going to say, it's causality is a very, in this instance, is a very clever way of saying coincidence. Yeah. He felt that this principle gave conclusive evidence for the concepts of archetypes and collective unconscious. It shares similar characteristics of an, uh, quote unquote, intervention of grace. If you want to look at it in a religious perspective. If you do. If you do. Uh, synchronicity, like dreams, could help shift one's egocentric consciousness thinking to greater wholeness. Uh, to help you, uh, you know, instead of focusing, oh, everything's about me. Right. Everything's about how I fit with everything else. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of externalizing that kind of ego-based right drive that that people in, in intrinsically sort of have to a degree. Yeah. And causality broadly defined says nothing can happen without being caused, uh which is incompatible with synchronicity. But if you just focus on the relation of cause 
to effect, then it works. And But there are flaws in this theory as right. well. I'll get to um, a couple of those in a minute. But uh, real quick, let's talk about the influence that uh, Captain Carl may have had on the world at large. Well, it may have nothing. I mean, he was a pillar of, of, of psychology research. And, and to this day, you know, like there are so many people who, who decide for their own reasons, which are wrong, but <laughs> to, to identify themselves as a Freudian or a Jungian, as though this is some sort of sharks versus jets horse. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and there are a fair amount of people who say, well, Jungian and, and within the, I keep wanting to say industry, but trade within, within the medical community, man, nobody cares. Like if you're Freudian, Jungian, as long as you're, you're in tune with your patients with long, you know, I, I, I feel like, and, and, you know, tell me if I'm wrong floor here, but like the idea of, of having to fight for and suss out what you think is the source of, of a problem, as opposed to, you know, go ahead and uh, solving said problem is, 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 Sort of a, I, I don't know, is is that the hallmark of a modern medical practice? You know, is are we doing better by saying, let's figure out what's going on and then move on from there, as opposed to having some long-winded argument about the, the, the understructure of what we think the issue is? Or are they part and parcel? Am I f***ing that up? I can't follow what you're saying right now. But. I didn't fall asleep again, did I? You no, know, you didn't fall asleep. I just can't keep up at my current state. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm saying is, is there, there's this, what, what is more important? Is it to de- determine, um, is it to determine diagnostically what a per, you know, if, if, if someone's problem, you know, if, if it's hard for me to say again, is it important to determine diagnostically if a person, the, the nature of their problem, regardless of your perspective or does your perspective, if you are a Jungian, if you are a Freudian, is it more important to determine how they fit into that paradigm of psychology or is it more important to say, listen, I don't care if it's young or Freud. These are the problems they're presenting. This should be our plan of action to, to, to fix it. I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, what's more important, I think, is the latter. Agreed. But is, but is that how treatment works? Well, I, I don't know. I I don't know how this the field of psychology goes. Me neither. Also, we're drunk. <laughs> don't forget that. Never forget. Well, um, in terms of influence, Jung uh, no doubt had a huge impact in many fields of study, from sci- scientific and philosophical study to um, New Age and, and pseudoscience. Right. His recommendation of uh, spirituality to treat alcoholism most likely had a huge role in establishing Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, they good on him. Interestingly enough. And he also uh, talked about, he, well, he talked about the, the uh, foundations for what would be called um, introvert and extrovert. Right. Which in, in everyone's very comfortable with now. And, and led to the, uh, the Myers-Briggs personality t- test, which um, you may be familiar with. Well, we certainly are. You know how we know? Because we took it. Yeah, we we took a like a, a back alley uh, upstairs medical college, Doctor Nick. Oh, version. I think it was double downstairs, and and got our results uh, with a few quick questions that we had to answer. Oh, we did indeed. Flora, how'd you turn out on that spectrum? 
I am uh, apparently an INTP. I am an introverted, intuitive, thinking, perceiving. And that says the architect, greatest precision in thought and language, can readily discern contradictions and inconsistencies. The world exists primarily to be understood. 3.3% of total population. Nice. So I'm 71% introverted, 58% intuitive, 50% thinking, 69% perceiving. Now, I actually took a different format of the same test because we had a hard time finding the same test you took. But uh, I got ENTJ, which is extrovert, intuitive, thinking, judging. Mm. And judging by far the greatest percentage in that. Oh, yeah. I have a slight preference of extroversion over introversion. I have moderate preference of intuition over sensing and a moderate preference of thinking over feeling. I also have a moderate preference of judging over perceiving. Hmm. So it sounds like you're kind of down the middle a lot. Yeah, I think I think well, I I can tell you just from the questions they asked, I I, I get along great in a group of people. I'm fine with like you th- drop me in the middle of a group of strangers, it'll be great. I'll do just fine, sure. and I don't worry about it. I know I have no anxiety over it. Having said that, if you ask me what I like to do the most, it's to be by myself in my living room with the lights off and and it just to be quiet and dark. And I think that's why I get kind of like get very moderate in everything mm-hmm. because I'm I'm very adept in a very social situation. But if you ask me what I prefer to do. It's to be as far from that as I could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like mine was was pretty right on. I definitely <laughs> I definitely prefer to do do things my own way and then yeah. think about it deeply and get, So deep put get that mad. I sleep. Anyway. That's that's what we uh came up with. Yep, we took it. You guys take it. Let us know how you turned out. How weird are you? Yeah. I want to know what you're into to see if it matches up with my predilections. And and the funny thing is these these weren't what would you say licensed? Oh God, no! Myers Mine was Briggs like the clip arts version. It was just the first thing I found. Yeah, the, there's there's a ton out there that aren't. I don't think any of them are are official, but you know they'll all get you to some. A degree of, of uh, a pot of gold. Yeah, so. <laughs> as it is. Anyways, that's that's what that is. Um, I'm going to go into a little bit of the criticisms that old uh, Captain Carl faced. I thought everything he did was art. It wasn't. From a skeptical perspective, Jung was not very impressive. Womp womp. While he did say that Experiencing paranormal phenomena might be psychologically true. One cannot conclude that it's objectively true. That's that's point point for Carl. Yeah. But it's argued that his fervor for the paranormal negatively influenced his theories and concepts. A lot of stuff that, that you just can't prove other than citing anecdotes. Right. On the theory of synchronicity, skeptics say the notion that the physical world bothers to reflect our personal preoccupations is silly. (laughs) Such silliness. That Jung argued that the infrequency of synchronistic events is proof of their reality is suspect. 
What about my grandma's parking lot angel who always gets us a good spot? <laughs> um, and by that, I mean that a majority of caused events proves the existence of a minority of uncaused events. Bad news, Grammy. You've been re- you've been worshiping someone who's dark and not Jesus, so a.k.a. satanic. High statistical frequency does not imply the presence of causality. Nope. Nor does a statistical average guarantee existence of any and all improbable events. Right. <laughs> it's... Uh, no, I mean, that's as, as straightforward as it can be, you know? Yeah, yeah. What, um, you, what you want doesn't affect what happens. Yeah, nor does um, the fact that things that happen a lot mean that things that don't happen a lot happen at all. Right? Wait, wait, what? Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's like a, a f***ing the Titanic moment. It's Except for we're both awake now. <laughs> Things that happen. Such a weird thing. I can't wait to hear this episode because I'm very interested. (laughs) That was a great. That was the greatest. (laughs) Really, really was like. It it was my my. Was some part of my brain saying no? This is the part where you contribute. Say what you think, and then it was like, oh, there's no DJ. Just play play cart twenty seven B. So weird. (laughs) And it was Marcy Playground. Sex and candy. I had a girlfriend, and that song drove her wild. <laughs> Sexually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen listen to what I said again, and it'll make sense, I think. Yeah. Which is a good rule in general. On archetypes, uh, Dr. Ernest Gallo says it's difficult to critically examine archetypes because they can't be accessed directly. He argues they're so loosely tied to specific images that any and all connections can be made among them. Hmm. He says if every archetype is mysteriously identical with every other, then virtually anything can be proven from the body of data. Uh, Gallo also says Jung took influence from many philosophers and thinkers, uh, such as Goethe. Goethe. And looked for examples in patients directly from those sources as in, Oh, I just read this, um, this thing, this one thinker, uh, talked about, I'm going to ask this patient, do you have these things? This guy talked about, I heard that this is the thing. Do you have the thing? Yeah. Oh, they do have the thing. I win. Um, archetypes is a model of what Gallo calls a pseudo system, which draws on a wide range of objective data, but in reality, carefully selects its evidence. And he says, to end here, quote, the elaborate Jungian doctrine of the archetype and of synchronicity is little more than a house of cards, one that has taken far too long to tumble, end quote. I didn't get that. So, a um, little, little uh, Carl Ash course for you. <laughs> Coral. Coral. Lots of stuff. I mean, I would love to do an episode on archetypes alone. Right. there, it, It's such an in-depth thing. I mean, it's a field of medical study for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and what he did, he gets into such intricate detail on. I mean, just the Red Books alone. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's our foray into uh, the captain himself. Yeah, truth. Uh, asterisk, not an actual 
military uh, captain. No, sorry, Captain Carl. Maybe a it's, commandant. But yeah, it's a battlefield promotion at best. That's uh, that's Carl Young for you in an introspective, yeah. introverted, uh, extroverted nutshell. In, out, in, out. <laughs> uh, drunken nutshell. Oh, man. You know what else is drunk? Us. Puns. <laughs> Straight up as that, dude. As straight up as the shots we downed. Jeez Louise. You go first this time. Okay. You know, in, in Young's er, earlier days, you know, he was he was just like anybody else. He was he was young, you know, these ideas, a lot of optimism, a lot of angst, a lot of personal turmoil. And um, you know, and and him and his friends always moving around. From from Switzerland to France to Germany to occasional trips to America, it was sort of a jet setter lifestyle, and they they made a documentary about him. Yeah, yeah, it's called The Young and the Restless. Mm. A lot of a lot of heartache in that one. Oh yeah, and, and and moms love it. Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, uh, I've got characters that show up a lot in creative works. Oh okay. There, there's certain kinds of, of characters uh, that show up over and over, such as the spy, right? The sex pot, oh yeah, the nerd, mm-hmm. the weirdo, yes, and um, they'll show up a lot on FX. They're the archer types. Oh, nice! I like that. You know, um, related to that, there are a number of. I mean, in in other fields, I mean, even even unrelated biological fields, ichthyology for example, um, finds that there are, there are certain organisms that are living in, living in the ocean that are motivated by very different sets of drives. Not necessarily, um, I mean, obviously everything wants to mate and eat, but like how it is that the, the prey is captured, the manner in which it is. Uh, and there are some of these that are very dangerous to people. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think those are called, Flora? I, I couldn't guess. Well, they're called sharkotypes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's how you know it's funny when someone goes, eh, that's, "That's funny." funny. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, all right, I'll round us out. I've got a got a gym where you and weight loss meet at just the right time. Perfect. The right moment in in time and space. Love that. It's called shrinkronicity. <laughs> all right, I like that. All right. Them's puns. Yeah, them's puns. And the only thing sweeter than a pun is a listener mail served up fresh and hot from the hickory smoker. <laughs> I'm awake. <laughs> you are sadly awake. Man, I really am. This is an experiment that has failed. I mean, I'm barely, I am working so hard to maintain consciousness right now. Flora's fine. I'm a f***ing shit hot mess. Sorry. I don't know. What do, you, what do you want? We promised it. You got it. Uh, you're welcome. I don't know. I think it worked uh, when when you got to the Titanic part. Yeah, it was I, working really well. Yeah, I guess for that alone, it was worth it. But, um, you know, sometimes sometimes we record late. And uh, and then we just get tired and fussy. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it's it's one thirty in the morning now. Jesus Christ! Been drinking for a long time. 
Listener mail. Listener mail. All right. I'm B.A. Baracus. Don't put me on an airplane or drug me if you have to. Chloe. Chloe. I haven't heard from you before, Chloe. I'm very interested in what you might have to say. Chloe, what you got to say? Chloe writes, so I happen to be one of... Chloe was probably sober when she wrote it. I'm drunk when I read it, so fuck you. (laughs) Not you, Chloe. No, no, Flora. That's what that was for. (laughs) So I happen to have one of those jobs where I get to listen to y'all's podcast, and it makes my life a lot more interesting. Thank you. Oh, yeah. While listening to the podcast on EVP, I was wondering if y'all still... It was possible to get the link... Laura, send her the link, which was oh. dead last time we checked. Is that back up yet? I don't think it is. I'll, I'll, I'll check again. I don't know that, that it's back. I mean, it's kind of like up to the it's, – it's on the whim of the website that was hosting it. Right. Yeah. So we'll try to track it down. If, if not, though, but uh, we'll, we'll do it the best we can. Uh, Chloe says uh, she's rather interested in scaring the piss out of herself and would love it if we could find that. Also, she was wondering if we could, uh, if we've ever heard of the Devil's Tramping Ground. It's an interesting ghost story of sorts around the uh, Chatham County, North Carolina. Hmm. Sounds good to me. I'll look into it. Thank you, Chloe. Thanks, Chloe. Flora, what you got? We have heard from, uh, well, I, I hope you have uh, kept your wife and daughter. I've done both. Clo- closed yes. in, in your shores. Yes, I have. Shored I did that up. work. Because here comes Eric of the North. Oh, no. He's totally going to ravage our countryside. What's Eric got to say? Eric of the North says, listen his way through the archives up in Canada and loving it. But uh, he wishes there was a series of of sound bites he could steal to use as notifications and ringtones and stuff and such. Ooh, God. (laughs) That's tough because you'll hate us. <laughs> you will hate that. Um, it might be possible. I don't know. One one of these days, when we made a dry kinda... fuss like email notification, yeah. you would hate that so fast. What? What? Damn it! <laughs> uh, and it says he got into us in the first place thanks to a Ken Hyde. Oh, thanks, so, Ken. Thanks, uh, thanks, Ken, and thank you, Eric of the North. We're happy to have you aboard yes. the longship. Well met, my Svalbardian friend. <laughs> what else you got? Oh, that's fine, because I've got... Oh, it seems kind of, oh make haste, Flora. It's the devilish apparition. But no, not the devilish apparition. The devilish apparition. I've just bathed for the month. The devilish apparition cannot appear before me now. Oh, well, the devilish apparition writes the following. A poem. Written in honor of David Stecco. Oh. Roll the dice now. This is going to go great or terribly. Anything else? All right, there it is. And forgive me, devilish apparition, but I'm going to read this the way I want. (laughs) F*** off. The shadows, spiders, lurk and creep. Through dark and shaded places, they writhe and slither, skitter and leap, burning red eyes like coals on their faces. Also, in cracks and in cupboards they dwell, and behind the fridge and under your bed. Devil's apparition, what are you doing to me right now? Stop it. 
We'll see if you stop it. You won't stop. Beyond the night, light the gathering swell, infesting your dreams, invading your hand. Silently, they grow closer, grow near, on shadowy legs clicking long, sharpened teeth. So tuck your blankets in tightly, my dear, and pray that they stay safe from what lies beneath. Mm. Keep up the good work and pleasant dreams. <laughs> the devilish apparition. Oh. Neither, neither of those things will happen. Nor will I keep up the good work. Nor will I have pleasant dreams. Oh, this apparition is so devilish. Quite devilish indeed, darling. Thanks, devilish Very apparition. Nice. Very nice. Well, what do you got, Dave? We've heard from Nunya. None of who? Nunya. Okay. Nunya beeswax. <laughs> I'm to call her Nunya. That's 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 the deal. Fair yeah. enough. I accept. And she starts out with a pun. Always a good start. A movie about a Wall Street fat cat who moonlights as a serial killer, but never actually touches the weapons he uses to murder his victims. Donald Rumsfeld. Instead, he uses psychokinesis to wield the weapons. Dick Cheney. The movie is called. American Psychokinesis. Nice. Also, <laughs> that guy really likes Phil uh, Collins. Uh, and and uh, Nunya, don't apologize for, for puns. You never apologize. apologize for a pun, ever. There's no point. Sends us a, a great show suggestion. Thank you for that. And uh, says she, she loves us. Keep up the exceptional work. We shall. And uh, if uh, we'll excuse her, she has an unkindness of ravens to shoo from her window. Nice. And to let her know if we're ever in New York or New Jersey, to let her know because she'll buy us lots of beers. I love beers, as is clearly educated by this episode. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna we're gonna call it there for listener mail because we have uh, uh, civil service. Oh uh, God, justice tough is not fair. That's right. Uh, what ju- justice to to serve and Titanic's to to bang? So. We each of us uh, need to get in the penalty box for a, for a hot minute. Indeed we do. Uh, Dave, who shall be first this time? You. Okay. All right. I am in the penalty box. Ah, yeah, you are. All right, Flora. Uh, I've chosen stopping by woods on a snowy evening by Robert Frost. Begin your sentence. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near. Between the woods and frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year, he gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there's or some uh, mistake. <laughs> there's hounds the sweep of easy wind and down a flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep and in miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. And then miles to go as Robert Jordan. Flora, you've served your debt to humanity and society. Wonderful. Oh. And and elegantly so. Well done. Well thank done. Thank you. Thank you. And well, I guess that's it for the penalty no, box. I no, guess we're all... We, no, penalty box is still warm. Still oh, got yeah. room for one more. That's true because one more I, forgot, 
I forgot one important fact of this podcast, Flora, and you know what that is? What's that? I gotta find King Arthur. Oh, that's true. Oh, it's so oh. true. So I have selected for you the uh, first canto of Dante's Divine Comedy. Cantos? Man, those are so hard. Inferno. Let's uh let's let's hear, you know, a few three or four stanzas into canto there. Then so I shall. Are you in? I have entered the penalty box. <laughs> Midway this way of love we're bound upon. I woke to find myself up in a dark wood. <laughs> <laughs> Where the right right was was wholly lost and gone. I me how hard to speak of it the rude and rough of the stubborn forest the mere breath of memory stirs the old fear in the blood. <laughs> it is so bitter that it goes nigh to death. Yet here I grant such good that to give a the tale, all right, what else I found for with therewith? <laughs> Shit. How I got into it, I cannot say. Much like this. Because I was so heavy with the false asleep when I first stumbled in the narrow way. But when at last I stood beneath the steep... The hillside of which has closed the valley of wandering's maze, whose dread and pierced me with a heart root deep. I think that's good. Oh, my God. I think we're good. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that slurs-tacular drunk ass, may God have mercy on my soul rendition of Dante's The Divine Comedy. Everybody. If you've got a minute, there's a few things uh, we'd like to take care of. Uh, oh, maybe man. Maybe you can help us with. Number one, go to uh, Facebook and like us if you haven't yet. Like us. Like us on the give Facebook. Us, give us some likes. Write us a sweet-ass review on iTunes. Why don't you go to iTunes? Bury that three-star player hater. And we're uh, players. Everyone knows this. Five five stars. Give us, a, give us a glowing review if you would be so kind. Bury the infidel. Go to... Twitter and follow us, blurry underscore photos. Yes, sometimes we use it. Sometimes we like tonight, tonight. We live tweeted uh, getting drunk. I'm going to live tweet hating myself because I already do. And we actually both use Twitter on our phones, so we we kind of dueled uh, uh, Twitter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Twitter it, was, it was Dave on Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave and Dave action. So yeah. uh, you can also go to audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Get yourself uh, a get free book. Wonderful free book. 30-day trial membership. No strings attached. If you don't like it, you don't have to keep it. The strings you are probably fully disattached. Will. It's it's great. We get something from it. You get something from it. Yep. Um, or you could punch the donate button. You get right. something from it. We get something. What you get from it is just an emotional. But what we get from it is very real and emotional. <laughs> it's a win-win. It's a it's a triple win win when you think about win, it. Win 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 And then other than that, uh, just uh, keep telling your friends and neighbors and uh, yeah. cohorts and significant others and lovers and spouses and and other lover and their lovers too. Um, yeah, they don't have to be a lover, but they should probably still enjoy the podcast. And and we appreciate uh, we appreciate all of you. 
You're, you're Indeed great. Indeed we do. You're so great. So thank you all very much. Thanks. And uh, that'll that'll about do it for this yep. episode of Blurry Photos. I think so. I think so. Or, or I'm slurry so trash that I can't go further. Literally, I need to go pass out somewhere. <laughs> I'm a hot mess. In the Titanic, preferably. Oh, man. So for this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been Dave, the darkest possible archetype, Stecco. And the archetype is also liquored. <laughs> and everyone already has me, David Flora, in their collective unconscious. Oh, nice! What, what uh, with, there's what nothing is, else you can do. I don't know. It's just like a guy with, named Dave Stecco like, who's drunk and passing Dave, out. And he Dave, just goes... Tell uh, me about it, your feelings. Oh, uh, oh is, thank is your, you. Is your, uh-huh. uh, how was your, is your father figure? Uh-huh. That's, that's a funny story because... He oh, that's father. okay. We are out of time. Oh, Bye. Sh- Bye. Do I have to pay for this? Is this my insurance? Nine.